Welcome to the Film 7 Podcast, the show that keeps you updated with the latest TV and movie news. My name is Andy, and of course, I've got here with me, Jake. Hello, Andy. Hello, everyone listening today. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. We have a packed show today, don't we? We do have a very packed show today. Uh, before we get into the show, just a few housekeeping rules. Um, first of all, sorry we're late. Uh, we scheduling conflicts came up and so we couldn't record the show when we usually do so this one's coming out a bit later than it usually is sorry for that guys and also we've we're going to try something out we're going to see if this works let you just know what you guys think uh, but for for the main show we're actually going to take out the movie or tv review and we're going to do a separate show uh, for that to be uploaded on our channel um, hopefully it goes well. It'll be sort of similar to the Game of Thrones stuff we did, half an hour episodes. Uh, Andy, are you sort of looking forward to doing that? Yes. So we spend more time going into each movie we want to review rather than, you know, what we because what we noticed that we, we sometimes have to rush it on the show, but we want to like spend a dedicated half an hour talking about a movie. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, because we... Don't want to rush things because we want to give as much content as we can for you guys. So that's why we decided to do this. Awesome. Uh, have you seen anything cool this weekend, D? Or recently, anything? Yeah, I mean, I saw some things on Netflix, on YouTube Premium. You know, YouTube does have a streaming service. Yes, yeah, I've yeah. seen, yeah. yeah. Every time I go on YouTube, I have to go that, no, I don't want to do the trial. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I was so fed up of the ads on YouTube. I was like... The, the amount of money they're asking me to not see ads, I used, I did some calculation and I found out that my time is worth more than what YouTube was doing. If you c- accumulate all the time that you spend having to watch, press the skip button on YouTube, you will be shocked. I calculated it and it was like, it was worth it. So seen a new some couple of new shows on YouTube and I will talk about them in a, in a bit. Quite, quite okay shows on, on YouTube yeah. originals, yeah. Yeah, so I saw a bit of that and some stuff on Netflix, but I haven't been to the cinema this week. Yeah. No, no, I haven't. Well, I know I did go to the cinema. I saw Endgame with the bonus content. I was going to ask. Tell me about it. It's um, it's good. So it's it's nothing crazy completely out there. It doesn't change the movie or anything like that at all. The movie is the movie. All the bonus content comes after the movie's finished. So it doesn't in any way change the movie no it doesn't give there's you no, a there's, no, there's no extra scenes in the film or anything like that no deeper insight into the motivation or what was going on in the mind of anybody nothing no, none no, of that no, nothing like that they didn't they didn't need to like the bonus content was good i don't want to spoil it um one thing that i will say that was in there which was for me the best thing about the bonus content was a stanley tribute yeah uh that's probably going to be on the dvd and blu-ray so check it out if you guys can but it was it was very very heartwarming yeah i mean i was surprised it wasn't there in the original yeah but maybe it, it had already gone through it but my opinions was slightly justified from last week that i don't see the reason why this is a thing and i'm I, i'm still hoping that it doesn't give them the results that they want only because if it does other studios, other productions, other films will start doing this. And I think it's a very bad trend. Like, you can't do this to people. Like, you would have gone to watch it anyway, and that's fine. Yeah, I'm happy just to, put, to, to pay just to watch see it. the film, yeah. Yeah, but for some people, they will think that there is some new insight that they're going to get, but it's nothing. It's literally yeah. something... No, it's more for the fans than anything. That this, yeah. that this really, It's not to, like, gain new people or anything like that. But yeah, so that's been pretty much it, as well as I've been catching up on a lot of TV, Legion, 
watched the first episode of that. Woo, that's blown my mind. That's so no good. spoilers. No, no spoilers. spoilers, but it, it's it's good. It's good. Uh, Swamp Thing. That's getting. That's a show. It's an interesting show. That one because really strong opening. First two episodes, absolute killer. The last three haven't. They've been good. Haven't been as good as the first two episodes. And it's a show that seems to be trying to find itself. Like it's got really good horror stuff. And it's got really good drama stuff, but when it switches between the two, it's it's noticeable. Do you know what I mean? It's trying to find its tone. Shame that it doesn't have a season two to finally build on that, but overall it's very good. I'm enjoying it a lot. I was gonna ask, the fact that you know it's not coming back next season, does that change the way you're watching it right now? Uh yes, it does slightly. So I can forgive things like that because with shows, sometimes it does take time to find the footing and get the tone of the show. So I can, because it's not getting a season two, I can forgive it for that. But other than that, I'm really enjoying what's going on. Okay. I did see um, a series on Netflix called What If. It's really, really kind of nice. Yeah, I see, we watched the trailer yes, for we watched that. The tra- oh, yes, I remember. We saw yeah, the trailer. Yeah. It was, um, I, I thought it was a reboot of Indecent Proposal. But it it has a bit of that premise, but it's really not that. It's really good. It's a good... The story is good. Yeah, because you mentioned that when we reviewed the trailer, you said it's like an indecent proposal sort yeah. of thing, but you say it takes a twist to that. Yes, it takes a twist. It builds on the indecent proposal, but the what I really, really liked about it was the script. The, if you, the, it, man, it's so believable. The, the script, what they were saying, the cinematography is decent. It's not. It's not. It's not one of those things you say, "Wow, it was beautifully shot." We had a lot of TV look about it, but. In some places, but it the, the, the script was so good, and it's a very good story, and I like the way it ended. It actually ended. So even if there's a, a, a season two, it's not a continuation of season one. Season one concluded, and season two can build on that. But it was a really good show. Okay, I'm definitely going to check that out. Then that's one for the for the books. And with that, we're going to go into our first segment of the show, which is the movie and TV news. This is not a dream, Andy. Yep. This is actually happening. Okay. Sandman. (laughs) Sandman is actually happening. It is a TV series coming to Netflix. This is absolute crazy. So This is crazy, Andy. So you corrected me off air. When I saw Sandman, the only Sandman I know is Sandman in Spider-Man. And you're telling me that there is another spider There is a different uh, Sandman. So this is a co- completely different character, completely different company. So Sandman originally is a DC character. And then when uh, DC launched their imprint Vertigo, uh, they decided to relaunch this character. Uh, Neil Gaiman, as we all know, what a fantastic fantasy author he is. He came in to do the Sandman uh, comic series. And he changed the game of comics with that. It's... It, it's arguably one of my favorite comics of all time. One of the best things I've ever written. It's a piece of literature. Just just read it and you're like, wow, this is so dense. This is so deep. It has the world that he's created in the Sandman universe. is so, oh, It's so complex and fantastical. It's very Neil Gaiman. And I'm so, so happy that this is actually happening. Because, yeah. Is it, is it on planet Earth? Yes, well, it's, it's very fantasy. It takes place on planet Earth. What year? Uh, throughout time. Okay. So the character of Sandman, also known, his real name is Dream. He controls the sleep universe. 
if you know what I mean. So mm. he, uh, he, can, he controls the dream universe and he has all his siblings, death, despair, uh, and all the other sort of different stuff. And it's basically the premise of the story is that he gets captured and that he had the dreamland has been unoccupied for a long time and it's in chaos and now he's trying he's freed and he's trying to rebuild from that uh the character lucifer th that has its tv shows okay. that character was created by neil gaiman in this series okay oh i see was say that again lucifer. So, so the character of lucifer the comic lucifer yeah. was created in the sandman comics oh. and then eventually he got his own comic and now as we know he's got a tv series oh so it's sort of like we'll see a bit of an origin thing going on there Could, uh, yeah yeah it, oh. it, it deals with a lot of stuff honestly it's absolutely fantastic uh, go away mandalorian this is now my most anticipated tv show Whoa. ever i i've been screaming for this forever to happen and they warner brothers they've been trying to do this for a long time since the 90s but because the story is so complex and, and so deep very much like alan moore's watch watchmen it's very hard to adapt it's almost impossible it's one of those things but they've struck a deal with netflix and it's going to be warner brothers highest budgeted tv series in history wow when is this coming out well, there's no there's no news yet this is a report from the hollywood reporter but we don't know anything about the deal itself or how much it's going to be entailed or when it's coming out all we know is that it's happening right wow so guys keep an eye out for this so sandman okay this is nothing to do with sandman in the in the spider-man universe this is what it is okay from what you said for you to say that something has taken the spot of Mandalorian for the most anticipated thing you're looking out for, that is a big deal. Although we may not see for another two, three years, from what you've said, it's going to take oh, no, a lot of pre-production like, It that. needs the budget, this mm. stuff. It needs the budget. Like The Sandman is one of those books, very much like Watchmen, that I read once a year. Like I read the whole run once a year because it's that good. Probably going to be 2022. Yeah, I would say something like that. Um, 2021 earliest, but 2022 is more realistic. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so... Warner Brothers, man, the, the, they've been doing a lot of shakeups recently. Last week, we talked about J.J. Uh, Abrams' deal with Bad Robot being signed to Warner Brothers. Um, but they've got a new CEO. A new mm -hmm. CEO. And that is Anne Sarnoff. So this is three months after their previous uh, CEO, Kevin Sujihara, was fired. Because uh, of all we talked about that. Uh, nobody really liked him. He was the one who is infamously known for butchering the DC Universe and... All, all of all sorts of other stuff, but we have this new person in here, and she's basically gonna. She's the first woman to be the CEO in Warner Brothers' legendary film studio for over a hundred years. What's so, her history like? So her history. I have some. She's worked with Warner Brothers before. She's like in obviously in the company itself. You wouldn't just get appointed like that. Mm. No, no, no. I don't know. I can't find much information on what she's done before. So oh, yeah, here he is. She uh, served as a BBC Studios American executive. Okay. So she's done all sorts of stuff. There. Okay, she's been in the game. Yeah, all right. she's been in the game. So I mean, it's I mean, it's good that we've got a woman finally doing it after a hundred years. Can you believe that? That's that's crazy. But that's the the world we live in. Uh, but. Who see who, the press that released that they said that they're very excited to have her on, that she shows great leadership skills, enthusiasm, and passion for the business. She's going to be restructuring how they produce their movies and also heavily insight on the Warner Media streaming service. You know, JJ's coming yep. into that, so th she's going to be working very closely with him. They also mentioned that she's going to 
pay particular focus to their two biggest franchises, which is the Wizarding World franchise, the Harry Potter films, and the DC films. Nice. So just yeah. get the right people, and just get the right people doing the right thing, and you know, hopefully, their streaming service they should probably call it something else, not Warner Streaming. I mean, come on. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I don't know if what it, I don't think it has a name yet. I think that's what people are just calling it, the Warner Media Streaming Service. Like you know, before it had a name, we just called it the Disney Streaming Service. Now it's Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah. Cool, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of shakeups happening at Warner Brothers. Uh, speaking of Disney, though, one of the most anticipated movies of the year is The Lion King. Mm. And as we all know here, both of us are big fans of The Lion King, as yep. many of you listeners will probably are. But the one thing that's synonymous with The Lion King that everyone was questioning from the beginning when they said they were going to do The Lion King remake is, is it going to be a musical? Because you can't deny that there's a lot of Disney films that have songs in them, but you could redo them without some of the songs and yep. it'd be fine. You can't really with The Lion King because the songs... Of, yeah, Circle of Life, Akuna Matata. You exactly, know, so I, I mean, just want to be king. Yeah. Because the songs are also very integral to the story it's itself, if you know what I mean. So it's very difficult to do that without that. But we've recently got details all about the soundtrack. So as we know, and that, well, you didn't know I told you on this show that Hans Zimmer was coming back to do it. So mm. you just... Wow. Fell on the floor there. Wow. I mean, it's once you just hear Hans Zimmer, you just tell the person who's telling you that, say no more. I'm, I'm in. Where, where do I sign? Hans Zimmer is up there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, some of the details that comes from that, obviously Hans Zimmer doing the soundtrack. Uh, he also had a lot of help, obviously, from Beyonce, Donald Glover, and Chiwetel Ejiofor, who play uh, Nala, Simba, and Scar. So they all contributed and collabed with him and they also got to sing on their songs which obviously why wouldn't you get talented people who are primarily singers to sing these songs and Elton John has come back and he's done a new song which no doubt they're going to be pushing for best original song at the Oscars and as well which I was quite intrigued by this Pharrell Williams he oh, was really? in yeah he was involved in the creating of the soundtrack and the production itself and worked closely with Hans Zimmer wow really yeah Andy, what are your thoughts about all this stuff uh, that's happening in the Lion King soundtrack? All good. I mean, it's what we're expecting. Like you said, we can't have the um, we can't have the Lion King without a good soundtrack. And the best of the first Lion King, we're having it in the new one. Even better, we're having Beyonce, Pharrell Williams, you know, and and Childish Gambino, and you know, it's, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a real good film, but uh, like you said, everybody's saying, they can't see Simba die twice. We'll see what happens. Oh, man, that, in 4K crystal clear as oh. well. That's just going to be intense. Are you going to, you're going to see this film? Oh, definitely. On this one is definitely going to be in the cinema. I'm yeah. definitely seeing the cinema. So, yeah, I'm, so I'm just going to be singing along in my seats. So, Lion King, and then we go over to Mr. Clooney. All right. George Clooney, I haven't heard from him in a while. Have you? He's been on some TV ads, he's, so that's yeah, as far yeah, as I do. Yeah, but he's been, been on uh, like his wedding and all that. Yeah, he's done a lot of non-film stuff, really. Mm -hmm. But he seems to be back in the game and as a director. Mm. So he's going to be directing and starring in this new film, uh, a sci-fi adaptation of Good Morning, Good Night. I personally haven't read the book. Do you know the book, Andy? No, no and it's going to be on Netflix itself. Now, I, I was aware that Clooney had done some directing, mm. but I hadn't actually checked out any of his films. So well, I, I, had he, I think he directed an Oscar 
He di- he was he directed one that was make that made a lot of waves in the Oscars. I can't remember I the can't, name. Yeah, I can't remember. That. I was just looking at his director credits now. He's done Good Night and Good Luck, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, uh, Leatherheads, The Ideas of March, The Monuments Men, Suburicon, and he did a TV series Catch Twenty Two. The Ideas of March, really good film. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a I really good film. It's political thriller kind of thing. Quite good. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't really know what to make of this. I mean, it's it's nice to see that George Clooney's back in the game because I do really like George Clooney as an actor, so I'm happy that he's going to be in the movie starring it. But I don't know much about his di- uh, director stuff, so I'm just interested. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he's all right. I've seen a couple of those films you mentioned. He's a, he's a decent, he, he knows what he's doing. He can tell a good story, and that's what matters. He's like, you know, the fact that you haven't heard about it him as a director means he hasn't done anything like massive but yeah no i was aware of him as a director i just hadn't seen any of his films yeah Yeah. he's capable so he's capable Uh, i might check it out especially if it's going to be on netflix yeah the good thing is, i mean so i'm wondering about this netflix they seem to be taking up (laughs) is it like they're hiring everybody before apple comes in and scoops them away so you know given this people now George Clooney, the Sandman, it's almost like they're saying, man, Apple is going to come for us. We need to really solidify our base. And, you know, I've always said Netflix is it's going to take some beating to take Netflix off that top shelf as the best streaming service. Every time I press that app, I'm pretty excited. Anytime I refresh... Dudun. Yeah. I, I'm sound. just... Yeah, I'm, I'm just like... Excited when I see the screen load because I don't know what content I'm gonna get in there, and you know Netflix, I really really like them. If there was one streaming service I'd choose, it'll probably be them, of the three. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would probably say so. I mean, I'm still gonna get the DC, the Disney, uh, Disney one just because yeah. of all the content it has on there for me personally. But yeah, Netflix will always be the king, really. And if they keep getting talent like this, that's how they will survive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our next topic is. Taika Watiti. Man, I'm really excited about this one. He is set to do an animated Flash Gordon for Disney and Fox. Well, but wasn't he already working on something? I think we've announced Taika Watiti's. He's got a lot stuff. of projects going. The guy, right. the guy, he loves, he works like a machine. He just project after project. But yeah, uh, obviously he doesn't have to be working on this straight away. It's just announced that he's going to be doing it. But. I mean, yes. Just what? Just watch Thor Ragnarok, and that is basically a Flash Gordon movie. And if he's going to bring Flash Gordon back in animation, like with, especially with the technology we have now, mm. yeah, I'm down for it 100%. Bring me more. I just Good. want more Taika. Yeah, I mean, when they make these announcements, they just need to give us a date because next thing you know, you hear this is 2023, and we're like, we would have forgotten all about it by the time it's out and all that. But I mean, obviously, anything with Taika Waititi. In that realm of fantasy, sci-fi, he's he's one of them. So certainly going to be good. And the fact that all these people are calling him, they know what they see. Yes, yeah, he's getting you know. it because I, I think what changed it was uh, it was what we do in the shadows. Really, that first film. Mm-hmm. That's what got Marvel interested in him. And then Ragnarok was like, whoa, whoa who this guy made mm. this film? Mm-hmm. Hire him for everything. <laughs> and yeah, just any you slap his name on anything now, I'm probably going to go see it. So. So, Taika Waititi, he's definitely not doing this next film, and that's Fast and Furious 9. That's officially starting production. Uh, Vin Diesel shared a set video on Instagram, Twitter, and all that social media stuff that the ninth installment in this Fast and Furious franchise is happening. 
What do you think, Andy? It's when is it time to like pull the plug? Soon there will be there are more Fast and Furious movies than there are of Game of Thrones seasons. Like, (laughs) and now we got the Hobbs and Shaw spinoffs. Yeah, the spinoff was really good. I mean, Hobbs and Shaw. We'll talk about the trailer in a bit, but it's it's looking really good. But this Fast and Furious franchise, you know, I haven't seen one. Fast you haven't seen one? I haven't seen one oh Fast and Furious God. film. Oh my God, I've got to sit you down and watch them all. I haven't seen one of them, so I don't get it. But in my head, when I see nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, in my head, I'm like, when do you stop? You know, at some point, do you have to wait till it becomes rubbish? Till you stop? Or do you stop when the ovation is highest? Or because in a very short time, Game of Thrones stopped prematurely. Some, they outdo their welcome. There are very few shows that stop at the right time. So, well, Fast and Furious, they seem to be going. I don't know how much, how, I mean, the stories, I, I don't know much, but it looks to me that the stories are the same, just recycled. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there is an element to that, but they just make it bigger and better basically uh the the way to look at the fast and furious franchise as well is uh it's not as good but it's very similar in the sense of mission impossible that each movie they're getting better and better and you think how are they getting better you you know it's one of those things like most of these type of franchises that they get worse Mm -hmm. with each one but they're getting better with each one you think whoa how is this happening and another good thing to think about is that the first three uh i would say are the weakest of the of the franchise um, but if you saw the real franchise starts with the fourth one, that was it was like a soft reboot you could say. But from the fourth one, it it started like this main storyline that has continued to the ninth one. Right. While while the first three was like this is one story, this is another story, this is another story. This is like the fourth one onwards. Each one had their own story, but it's all culminating and adding to this world you could say. Wow. And th- honestly, they're great fun action movies. They know what they are. The directors and creators are that they know what these films are and they go and they make those films. They make them outrageous and they make them great popcorn movies, if you ask me. Wow, I've been seeing one. I don't have a clue, but I will certainly be seeing Luke and Shaw. Sorry, Hobson Shaw. Definitely, but. Honestly, if you go see that movie and you enjoy it, watch the others. They're like just like that. They're pretty I, much just like that. But is it not more car chasing and explosions? There's, yeah, there's, you mean, there's plenty of car chasing in the Hobson Shaw stuff, but yeah, that's the thing as well is that the beginning of these movies, they were really about the cars. Mm. As each movie got on, it was less about the cars and more about the action. Okay. So that's it progressed. Okay, we shall see. We shall see. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I'll be there opening night to see that. So another movie, I I don't know if I'm going to be on opening night to see this, but we'll see. And that is Ghostbusters. Now this is, it's not the one that came out uh, 2016, I believe, with the all-female cast. This is uh, Jason Reitman. He's coming back. Well, I think, believe it's his son of the director. I can't remember the director of the first two. Mm-hmm. But he's almost coming back to do the third installment in so a way. So it's like very much like Halloween was, where right. all the movies didn't forget those movies happened and were just taking you back. This is the sequel to the first two. So forget that um, all-female cast one. It didn't happen. Didn't happen, mm. sort of thing. Uh, and we're getting the original cast back, which obviously not all of them, because not all of them, bless us, not alive today. Uh, but Bill Murray's coming back. Sigourney Weaver's coming back. And now they've added Paul Rudd. So it's sort of like 
just continuing the story, the Continue same timeline. Yeah, it's the same sort of timeline. Obviously, the original yeah, cast now. are going to be older. Yeah. So I believe this is almost going to be a passing of the torch. Okay. And that's when you get characters like Paul Rudd, mm. who's going to be one of the new Ghostbusters. Now, if you get that original cast, if you and you get Reitman, who is in the franchise, you know, he knows it from birth. If you get that feeling, which I, I love the original Ghostbusters movies, you know, I, I think they're great. Yes, I think so too, but that's why I don't like these. Sometimes some things are not meant to be rebooted. I, just, I agree. Some things should not yeah, be touched. Yeah, to me, this is one of them. This is one of them, yeah. yeah. I think if you're going to reboot it, though, this is the best possible way. The original, well, the son of the original creator, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, anyone else, I would have been like, no, but if, if he's coming back, he's going to do it and he's bringing back the original cast. Okay, let, let, I, I'm going to go see it. So, I mean, it's, it's, my thought is, are they doing... Because it's, like, it, the next thing you're going to hear, they're going to do a reboot of Back to the Future. you definitely hear it very soon. But these films, Terminator, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, they belong to one golden era of film. And I just want them to remain in that hall of film. Just just leave them there. Don't bring it. Don't bring it out. You just leave it there. Let's look at it, admire it, and be like, we did this at this time. Don't bring it to this era of everything is fast, quick, it's all about the money and all of that. So I do have some concerns about this Ghostbuster thing. I'm not very I'm not a fan of it. I'm a fan of some reboots, not all of them. You know, it's sort of like if they tell me they want to do a reboot of Citizen Kane, you know. I wouldn't like no. that. No, you see. But they can. They probably will, you know. So I'm not... I'm, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. What's different here for me is that uh, I'm with you. I'm not into reboots as much. Uh, I wouldn't mind sequels because then I can go, okay, that's what happened later, but the original is still the original. If you know, Do you know yep. what I mean? Yes. But a sequel is only... In my opinion, a sequel is only good if that was the intention. Like, say, from when they did it in 1984, I believe, or 86. Yeah, yeah, it was when in they the did early that, 80s. I yeah, think. when they did the film there, maybe they said, we want to do a sequel, but maybe they didn't have the money, but it was always in the plan. That I, I can be a fan of. But doing a sequel for the sake of it, so that we can make a buck, make a few extra bucks, nah, I'm not a fan of that. No, it can be done well, though. I mean, look at Halloween. Yeah, it can be done. It can it, be done. It can it's, be done, it's, it's and really it can hard. be done well. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, really hard to do, but yes, if, if Halloween hadn't done what it did, I wouldn't be agreeing with you, but yes, it can be done well, because I totally agree. Halloween was one of the best movies of last year, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, 100%. So. Cool. So, Ghostbusters done, and now we go over to the Sherlock Holmes universe. Now, this was a bit of surprising uh, news for me. Not too sure what's going on here, uh, but they're gonna, there's going to be an, another Sherlock adaptation, but it's not going to be Sherlock Holmes. It's actually going to be his sister, Ilona Holmes. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was a bit like, okay. So, and th th this is a book as well. Like, there are books of her. Okay. Uh, and they've cast Millie Bobby Brown uh -huh. as Ilona Holmes and Henry Cavill as Sherlock himself. Okay, so he's not the main character. No, he's he's gonna he's probably gonna be a secondary secondary character. Okay, but Enola is gonna be he's gonna be the, the main character. Interesting, isn't it funny that 
every single news story we've read is all about reboots, remakes. Nothing original. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Nothing original. Yeah. Nothing. That's that's a worrying trend. Which we'll get into. Which a bit we'll get into, into a bit but later. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just looked at everything we've said so far, and it's all remakes, reboots, or something about something that is already existing. Not a good sign, but shall we? <laughs> we what can we do? I mean, it, it's it, it's a funny thing because you can you can go okay. I, I there's this really good story and I want to tell this story in a live action form. Mm-hmm. There's that as well. I mean, adaptations of books have been done for for ages. I mean, a book is just a long screenplay, mm-hmm. effectively, when you think about it. Uh, so I don't see the problem in adapting stuff, but yeah, there's a fine line. There's a f- we'll get into that a bit later. Yep. Cool. So our last topic of the week, and we go back to Disney, and again they're rebooting. The Little Mermaid, and they're going to make that live action as they have done for all the other sort of films that we've seen recently. Most of them, for me, have been good. There have been a couple of stinkers, but on the whole, most of them have been quite good. But they're going to be doing The Little Mermaid, and Melissa McCarthy is in early talks to play the famous, or infamous, I should say, Ursula. I'm a Melissa McCarthy fan. I will watch her. I, I just like a lot of people don't like her, but I do. I, I she's I, I'm a fan. So so am I. Yeah, whatever she plays, I would love to watch that. But my sentiment on this is basically what I said earlier. It's kind of I'm seeing a trend here, but we'll see. But I'm a fan. I'm a fan of her. So if she's in it, I probably will watch it. Okay, so you're gonna go watch it on that merit. On that, yes, on just that for her, cool. yes. Because my next question was gonna be: Is the Little Mermaid something that you are interested in seeing live action? Because of the, it depends on the casting. So far, if the casting is good, because yeah, they've done this, and so I'm happy with this. So it depends on what happens next. You know, this is probably gonna be like four, three, four years forward. The technology that they used in Aladdin and um, Lion King would have evolved to something better. So we don't know yet but if this is the first time i'm hearing about this project and i'm a melissa mccarthy fan so for now okay i'm on a similar wavelength to you because it's because i I do like mccarthy i think she's great uh she doesn't always make the best choices of films to be in Mm -hmm. uh but she's good yeah in, in most of the stuff yeah uh so yeah on that merit i'll i'm not gonna go see it on that merit alone if yeah. you know what I mean, you bring. You know, I need something else to bring me into it. Mm. If she's been in a bad film, and yes, yeah, she has been. I mean, the Ghostbusters, the Puppet One. You know, she's been in a couple of bad. But if she's in a bad film, it's the film that was bad. She always gives a perfect performance. Yeah, but she, she does fil- what she's told to do. Yeah, and she does it so well. Yeah. But yeah, we shall see. We shall see. And with that, that is the news. That's all the news for the week. Quite a packed show. But we're going to head over to our favorite place now where we see all the great trailers in the trailer park. They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Uh, Cool. So, the trailers. Mm. Andy. Yes. We've got quite a few trailers here. Uh, Some of them I really like. Some of them I'm like... Okay, let me let me see what you got first. Mm. Uh, but we'll kick in with Queen and Slim, and this is a new film featuring Daniel Kaluuya. This answers your qualms, Andy. This mm-hmm. looks like original film. Uh, we basically see this young African American getting stopped by the police, and we see this situation many times in our real life. But this time, there's a twist, mm-hmm. and he accidentally kills the police officer, 
and then the sort of journey kicks off from there. So mm. what, what did you think of the trailer? Really good. Like, you know, when I watched it, it's a modern day Bonnie and Clyde. There's a black Bonnie and Clyde kind of movie, a couple on the run from the law and just do, doing all sorts of things. So that's really good. I, I liked it, but it was so beautifully shot. Such a beautiful little shot. Yeah. So it's, we, guys, we saw the trailer. It's really nice. And um, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to this one because it's it looks good. It looks good. It's like when I saw the trailer and it started and the police officer was harassing the the guy, I thought, okay, this was going to be another If Bill Street Could Talk. That's what I thought as well. I thought, again, like we've seen a lot of these recently. Yeah. Let's come up with something different. Mm -hmm. And then that happens, the moment where, I mean, this is not a spoiler, it's in, it's yeah, in the it's trailer. In trailer yeah. um, where he kills the cop. And then I go, okay, okay, now you got me. You yeah, got me now. Yeah, that was a new one, you know. And um, yeah, and they're just, I didn't, which is good. I like it when in a trailer, I don't understand everything. I shouldn't understand everything. There should be a form of mystery in a trailer. And I like, I didn't understand everything how he went from this to that and, you know, I know who those people are, but this is good. I, I like the elements that they've brought in. They brought in the whole Bonnie and Clyde on the run. They brought the whole um, Black Lives Matter. They had the twist of them shooting the officer. So it's a lot of things they've all accumulated into one. I hope it's going to be a coherent story. So this is going to be a good film. Yeah, I'm hoping it's a good film. Uh, I really like the trailer as well. And I also really like uh, Daniel Kulaya. Uh, how you split the yep. uh, Kulaya. Yeah. Yep. Kulaya. I really like him as an actor. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he was in Get Out, Get Out and yeah. Black Panther recently, which I loved him in both of those films. So this guy's got a promising future. In this film, the way I see it, this if it's not too bloody, because there's a lot of violence, and if it's not too bloody, I see this film getting an Oscar shout. There's just something... You think? Yeah, there's just something about it that is looks like this might be on one for the Oscars. But okay, we'll, we'll see. I mean, eye. I hope yeah. so. It does yeah. look good. It does look good. It depends on the violence. If there's just too much violence and blood, it, yeah. it won't... They, but they might shun their faces yeah. a bit. Yeah. But if it's something about this film, yeah. Cool. So and that's uh, pretty much a crime film, crime film, I should say. And we're going to go to another crime film, and that is Black and Blue. This is a new trailer that dropped. Now, the trailer itself, I wasn't a fan of. I mean, the film, ND, it looks, it looks all right. It looks entertaining. Uh, we have this, again, it's another based on African-American people, this uh, black cop who is almost trying to figure out if, she, if she's black or if she's blue. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. based on that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, people know uh, from experience as well that other people have told me once you're in the army or a police force, you be that is your family. Yeah. You become integrated in that. So you almost have to leave what you had behind. And this looks like it explores that. But then it gets into some heavy action. I mean, for me, this has got training day vibes meets John Wick. It's got that sort of. Edge. Have you seen um, Enemy of States, Will Smith? Yes. Uh, yes. Has that it's as got well. That, yeah, it's got a bit of that flavor in there as well. The like I said, this it looks like a really entertaining film, something I would enjoy. The problem I have with the trailer itself is that it, for me, it kind of released the whole movie. It was a long trailer, it was like three minutes, and pretty much from the get go, it sort of told you the story beats of the film, where it's going to go, and where it's going to end up. Yeah. So on that merit, I was like, uh, I think the trailer's already shown me the film. Yeah, you get that from, I think, studios that are a bit nervous or a bit nervous about, oh my God, are we going to make money from this? So they just have to push in as much. They have to do everything they can to bring you in. But I, I, I agree with you, it was a very long trailer and it told us a lot. But um, one thing that really struck me as well was the casting. The 
I, I can't remember his name, but he was cast in a sim. We, we saw his trailer last week. The police officer, the white police officer. Um, he 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 was in a similar film. We reviewed the trailer last week, but this time he was on the good side. He was working with somebody against the cops. I can't remember the trailer we saw. I can't remember. But either. he was in it as well, and I was like, he's doing the same. Did they just cast the same person to play the same exact same role as police officer on the run kind of thing? And I'm like, really? He, the casting is good. I can't remember his name. The casting is good. But I'm like, literally one week ago, we saw a trailer of him playing the same part. And it's so funny. But it's going to be a good film. But yeah, we've pretty much seen everything, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we'll head into the next trailer, and that is The Current War. It is mm. electrifying. <laughs> now, this looks promising to me. Uh, I'm going to head let ahead and you start this one off, Andy. What, yep. what is this trailer about? What's this film? So from what I can see, this is this trailer has um, Nikola Tesla. It has Thomas Edison. It has um, some of these inventors in that golden era of science. And where they had this competition, there was a lot of competition about who was going to... Uh, they had Bell, who invented the telephone as well, the, you know, the telephone. Yeah. So they had... So it was around that era where all these inventions came out. I think this film... And there was a lot of friction amongst these men. We call them great men now, but back then, there was, it was a very Microsoft versus Apple type of thing then, back then, where these guys were really competing with each other. So I think this film explores that... Um, time and all of that so I dig the fact that they are doing a film about the his science history I feel there is not enough of that I, I like I, you know I want to see films about Charles Babbage I want to see films about Einstein I want to see films about one of the greatest people I've ever, I think has ever existed Isaac Newton I want to see films about those people scientists because it, it, it inspires the next generation to want to be scientists when they see films about scientists so i like the idea my only concern is sort of the same thing i said to you when we saw that when we saw token where they take one percent true life and pad it with 99 percent of of dramatization you know and it just takes away the reality of it so that's my concern about it so in a way i'm excited but in the same in a way i'm a bit skeptical yeah, that's what I think. I pretty much echo your thoughts on that. Mm. Um, I had the similar qualms with Tolkien. I thought, while on a surface level I enjoyed the film, there were some things I'm like, well, how did that actually happen? Exactly. And things yeah. like that. I, I get it. Sometimes you do need you do need to dramatize certain life stories because if you played them out exactly as they happened, it wouldn't it, make it, a very entertaining yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Like in on a, on a film, yeah, it, you need to keep the story moving. So mm-hmm. I get why they change things. Uh, But this trailer, though, I like the trailer itself. The pacing was very good. I love the music to it. Uh, And the cast. The cast cast is Mm. the thing that's really getting me here. Mm. We have Nicholas Holt as Tesla, Michael Shannon as uh, Washington. Um, What's his name? Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch as Edison. And Tom Holland. Tom Holland is there. He's in there as well. So the cast looks great. Mm -hmm. The trailer as well, it looks good. So... I'm skeptical on the part on how much of the true story we're going to get. Yeah. But on entertainment purposes alone and the cast, I'm in for this yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good. And I'm happy. I, I want more of these kind of films, especially the ones that talk about the scientists. Yeah, that's another thing which got me to this film is that we haven't had many films based on these people or many adaptations. I yeah. mean, 
I think the closest thing we've got to like a science one has been um, what was that Eddie Redmayne one where he played Stephen Hawking? Well, there is that the, um, the theory of everything. That's the one. Yeah. But well, we also have the imitation game, which uh, is yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. So th- th- there there is a couple. There are a couple but of there's films. There's not yeah. as many as like other. Yes. Like biopics and things yes. of other famous people. Yes. So we'll, I want to we'll, see more scientists. Yeah, exactly. We we like the ones that have been we've had for years have been more about the politicians and the warriors and the kings and all of that. But the scientists, uh, you know, because those especially guys, in modern day, mod, yeah, those guys, those guys really did. Like when you get into the actual science of it, when you understand the science of it, you begin to wonder. Someone like Isaac Newton back then, how he was able to think of these things. It's amazing, and those people deserve uh, they deserve their stories being told. So I'm happy about this, and I want this trend to continue. Mm. And the cinematography looks good as well. Yeah, it does look good. It does look really good in this. Mm-hmm. So our next trailer is what looks to be a very British film and definitely my favorite trailer of the week, and that is The Good Liar, a film starring Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren. Uh, the basis of this film is that it, he looks like a con man mm. who entraps women into stealing all their money. Mm-hmm. Now, that's what I got at the beginning of this trailer. But this film, it take looks like it took an unexpected twist. Yes, and I think on the it, I think it's the trailer is trying to tell you what this film is, but at the same time, it's like you have no idea. Yes, you have no idea how deep this film is gonna go. So there's like it's in the trailer itself with the lies and the secrets. This looks good. Mm-hmm. This looks very, very good. It looks very well acted. You know, thespian actors, Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen. I mean, how could you say no? Mm-hmm. But this has got me in this film. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like seeing it, I, it looks like there is a twist somewhere. Helen Mirren is not who she we think she is. She's Same not with this, Ian McKellen as well. Yeah, she's not this innocent girl, a woman that is about to be um, have her heart broken. There, There is something going on there and i kind of like it and yeah. you know like I said the casting is, is up there i think that what looks like there's also something deeper like with uh stuff that the character roy Ian mckellen's mixed up with mm. you know like we see him talking to a lot of different people what look like either gangsters or moth or mafia or even politicians like what's he involved in that's a, and they it's a great trailer because it doesn't it, say anything. It doesn't say anything about the movie. It only tells you a little bit at the beginning that he's a con man. Uh, but apart from that, it tells you nothing. And it got me so excited to see the film. Yeah, I feel there's a big twist coming. There's a big twist. And I agree with you. I th- it looks like the filmmakers were throwing some shade. They want you to think this is it. But you go in and you see that, whoa, this is it. It's something else. So this is, this is good. And yeah. Now, this is coming out in October. Mm-hmm. Was it October or November? October? October or November, one or two. So that's mm-hmm. close to Oscar season. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're trying to push this for an Oscar? Next year? Um, Oscar. Do you think it has Oscar? I think maybe not Oscar, mm. but I think this has got BAFTAs BAFTA, all, over, yeah, all over it. Of course, yeah, definitely BAFTA. But Oscars, no. I don't know if this is going to get an Oscar. I mean, one apart from the one I mentioned, the, um, the, the Queen and Slim, I actually think... If the if 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 the current war is factual enough, I think that one would be a good shot for Oscar. If it's factual enough, if it's all dramatization and just doing it for the sake of drama, then nothing. But if it's factual and that level of and they you know they've put together this cast, I think that's something for an Oscar. It has yeah, potential. It has potential. Definitely, yeah. definitely has potential. 
Cool. Well, one film that's definitely not going to get an Oscar is Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> well, it might get an Oscar for special effects. Who knows? The new trailer, and I think it's the final trailer, because this movie is only about a month away now. August 2nd it comes out. But they released the final trailer, and as you would expect, it's all sorts of crazy and bonkers. Andy, I'm going to let you start this one off. What is This just crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy, but it's good crazy. It's fun. It's fun. It's so much fun. It's going to be... It's The trail, Idris Elba, um, The Rock, everything is just... The action in it is... It's nice. Crazy. It's well choreographed. The CGI is good. The action is blockbuster action. It's huge. It's huge action. Action that it can never happen, but, you know, you just watch it anyway. Explosions everywhere, jokes in the but right that's place. What, that, again, that's what's great about these movies is that the creators of these movies know that. Yes. They're very aware of that mm-hmm. and they're looking to take it a step further. Exactly. It's sort of like I said to you about Brightburn last week. It's always good when you see, you know, understand what the, uh, the, the filmmakers are trying to do and they do what they're trying to do. Exactly. You know, they don't try to be something they're not. You know, and it's just good. This film is going to be very... We've spoken about it. There is not much more we can add. No, I mean, like I said, it's going to be a fun blockbuster summer popcorn movie. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into it expecting any deep plots or anything. Uh, If anything deep I'm going to get from it is is going to be, which I could see from the trailer, is that uh, chemistry between Statham and The Rock. Mm-hmm. It, it looks really fun, their chemistry. Uh, from the previous Fast and Furious films as well, yep. it, it was good. But this looks like they're going all out. And they also look like they had such a good time making this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I mean. Like It's not going to be an Oscar movie. Yep. Don't think too much about it. Just go in there, have fun. I mean, if, and if it's from the Fast and Furious creators, I can almost assure you there will be a Hobbs and Show too. Oh, no, without doubt. Yeah, okay. they're, they're making a sequel. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, without, yeah. Especially if it earns money. Yeah, yeah. which it will. Yeah, but, you it know, will so earn money, yeah. I see another one coming. Uh, and, okay, our final trailer of the week is Charlie's Angels. Uh, this is the reboot with Elizabeth Banks and um, all sorts of other stuff. This is not for me, this trailer. Uh, this film in general just screams pop. Mm-hmm. It's too poppy. Too poppy, teenager. It just, but like trying to take it seriously as well at the same time. It's not like satirical in a way like Fast and Furious is. Yeah. This is not taking it with tongue in cheek. This is trying to be serious, but it's just not working for me. Uh, The jokes are quite flat. I think the action is very badly choreographed in the sense of it doesn't look like they're fighting. It looks like they're dancing more than anything. Uh, very cheap jokes cheap jokes uh, yeah no cinematography doesn't seem Ugh. that great and the acting as well seem, some parts seem a bit flat so I'm going to give this one a miss I yeah, think it's, uh, it's I also th- have no idea why they're doing this movie but hey yeah. it, w- it was hard to watch it was very it was uncomfortable to watch it's they're trying to be, you know, they're trying to do this cool, oh, oh, she's sassy, she's strong and powerful. And I'm like, that. They're, they're trying too hard, man. It's just, I mean, Charlie's Angels, the original Charlie's Angels. They were fun. They were, not, no, I mean, not even the film, the original oh, ones. The ori- the, yeah, the original, oh, original yeah. Original yeah. ones. They were really good. Really, 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 really good. And they tried to remake, they've, they did a, a film, the one with Charlie Theron. That flopped, and now they've tried again, and this will probably flop and everything. Is it Charlie Theron in that? It's yeah. Cameron Diaz. Sorry, Cameron Diaz. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I mix them because they both have. So, yeah. 
so that that wasn't so good and 20 uh, 10 or 20 they've tried it again but i think this this one is not gonna, working for me it's I'm not gonna pass on this not one working and the, the soundtrack was so distracting yeah it's very in your face yeah uh, you know you have to see them doing something bad for you to appreciate when they do it good so the editing in the trailer is awful as well yeah it's, it's just so j jarring and like it just kept on taking me that it's just so quick and not done artistically as well, just for the sake of it. So no, yeah. yeah, it's a horrible trailer. Yeah, they were trying too hard to just make it something it's not. So no, we won't even talk much about it. No, we'll leave. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and that is it. That is us. Our stay at the trailer park has come to an end. So we're going to be checking out now, and we're going to be going into a new segment of the show, and that is Twitter questions from you guys out there. We submitted a post earlier this week, so we got some questions to be answered here. So. Let's go on to the Twitter questions. You've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? So, indeed. Mm. We do have a couple of questions, don't we? We've got yep. one, two, three, three questions to be answered this week. Uh, so, the first one is going to be from Jordan Hone at Jordan Hone one on Twitter. Mm. He says... What do you think of the future is of comic book series? Seeing the mass extinction of the Marvel Netflix series, Swamp Thing being cancelled after the first episode, and some of the Fox shows taking a hit. It gets annoying investing in time into a storyline that ends up not finishing. Jordan, we feel your pain. Mm. We do feel your pain sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'll start this one off. So, yep. the future of comic book series. Now, I totally get what you mean. Um, it was very unexpected that a lot of these shows were cancelled. The Fox ones especially. No one saw that Disney deal coming. Mm -hmm. As soon as that Disney deal was planted in place, everyone was like, that's it. You know, Even though they wasn't officially cancelled yet, you could see this is, this is going to get cancelled. Mm -hmm. This is going to get cancelled. Especially uh, the Marvel Netflix stuff. You know, They had a contract with Disney that they licensed these characters out. That contract finished and i'm pretty sure it had to do with disney going well, well we're making our own streaming service now mm -hmm. so eventually we want to have our characters back swamp thing you know we talked about that in previous episodes but yeah it's a difficult one it's a difficult one i think the future is that and we've seen this now it's there's a big shake-up in the industry where every major company is trying to get a their own streaming service and now all the characters they're trying to bring them in under one house if you know what I mean. So uh, Disney are getting all the Marvel characters back so they can all have them in Disney Plus and things like that. DC, they're going to be having their own stuff with their universe and maybe the Warner Media. Uh, Netflix, they're acquiring rights and they're sort of in-house. So I think what's happening, there's a shake-up now, but I think we're going to get into a territory where it's all going to be in one place, mm. where you won't have to worry so much. And in terms of investing time into a story... That, that, again, is a difficult one because uh, Swamp Thing is a perfect example. I like Swamp Thing enough that I can go, okay, I don't care that there's a season two. I'm going to watch this season and enjoy it for what it is because I'm just happy that they've made it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I do understand in the sense of like, well, I'm watching this story and then it leaves on a cliffhanger or something and then that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, <laughs> what's going on? However... I'm not fathom about this as much as uh, other people, and that's because of my history of reading comics. Mm -hmm. In comics, characters, you know, they get changed all the time. 
writers and uh, different artists come in, in and out all the time. You know, one one week you've got an issue of Spider-Man, next week there's a different artist and writer on board. You're like, whoa, what the... Okay, it's just changed. And mm. you just accepted it. You just sort of moved on. Mm. So that's where I line, but I can see the frustration in other people like mm. you. What do you think, Andy? I mean, one thing I'll say to Paul... Uh, Jordan. One thing I'll say to Jordan is you need to consider that all the shows that were cancelled were cancelled for reasons outside of the show. So that's positive. It's not like they were bad and people hated them, so they had to cancel them. They were all cancelled because of executive decisions. So the good thing is there is potential for there is potential in this. And we I see it continuing for at least a decade. The thing is, like you said, everybody's just getting their house in order. So there's a lot of admin happening, administration happening, whereby everybody is just, we want to know where this thing will stay, where will be the, what will be the home of this superhero for the next 10 years. That's what everybody's doing. It's sort of like when a football game starts, you see them shaking hands, tossing the coin, choosing the, the you know, all these are just, all these cancellations and behind the scene things uh, it will happen for a while but after a while everything will settle down then the content will start coming back so jordan don't despair i think the, it, the we we have not seen the last of comic book films they will come back after the administrative the, yeah, series things. in particular he's talking yeah. about Sorry, yeah. the, the series yeah. they, they will come back after all the administrative things have come out so don't despair that much but i certainly feel your pain yeah we all do here Cool. So thanks, Jordan, for that question. So the next question comes from Vulgarhythm at Vulgarhythm. He's a friend of mine, Kyle. What do you think about the recent trends of reboots, remakes, and sequels? Do you think Hollywood is generally losing creativity or simply wants low-risk profits? Mm. MD? Well, In a short amount of time, as you can talk about this, what are your thoughts on this question? How would you answer kyle's qualms yes and no yes hollywood in a sense is missing losing a lot of creativity and they're ma- they not making decisions based on story or based on the desire to entertain it's now based on how much money they can make and once money comes in between so once money comes in the realm of creativity it messes things up so that's a problem. That being said, what they, we are now seeing is not reboots like a reboot, but we are now seeing different takes of, of stories. Sort of like the Joker, where we are now seeing a different take on the Joker. You know, we spoke about the Sherlock Holmes. We're seeing a different take on it. And I think that's the trend now. The reboot thing, I think they've got into that stage where People are not just reboot like Hobbs and Shaw. People are not in for reboots anymore. It has to be a new way of telling the story. Like Hobbs and Shaw, which is a spin-off, or the Sherlock Holmes. You see, the Charlie's Angels will probably do poorly because it's a reboot. So reboots are not making money, and the studios are beginning to get that. So that's um, that's why I think it's um, it's bad, but it's not going to continue as reboots. It's now going to be different ways of telling the same story which is what i think is a good thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i agree with you uh going back to what i earlier said it's the same with my history of reading comics it just happened do you know what i mean and you yep. just accepted it like 
in cinema, we've had five Batmans. In the comics, we've had about 100. Do you mm. know what I mean? And that's just the way it's always been. I understand why it's a bit like, why is there, why when I go to the cinema, all I see is reboots, remakes, or sequels to franchises? Okay, I totally get it. But you have to look at this from a business standpoint as well. Now, sure, the directors and filmmakers and even the executives, they're all there for the arts. They love making movies. Of course they are, or else they wouldn't be where they are. But at the end of the day these movie studios, they've got a board of directors and they've got investors and they've got to make up these figures. And in current trend, the only thing that really makes money is low-budget horror and comedy movies or high-budget superhero, sci-fi, fantasy movies. That's just the way it is at the minute. And we are partly to blame. Us, the audience, are partly to blame because we tell the studios what we want with our wallets. If we don't go to pay to see the more independent, lower budget, like say mid, like I said, there's this area between 20 to 100 million where they just don't really make those movies anymore. We're not going to see those movies. Therefore, the studio are not going to make those movies anymore because it's not earning money. So that's so it's a vicious cycle we get in. Saying that, though, we didn't have this a few years ago, but now we have streaming services. So all that sort of content is going there, but in longer form storytelling, in 8, 10, 13, whatever have you, episodes of a series. You also get in more independent movies on Netflix and Amazon and things like that. So that's where you find that stuff now. In the cinema, unfortunately, from a business standpoint, it's just not profitable. Uh, especially because nowadays, again, us, the audience, we're just locked in on our phones, tablets, computers all the time. It's just easy to whack a film on Netflix. So yeah. that that's where in the industry's going. So if you want deep content and interesting stories, go to streaming services. If you want franchises and blockbusters, go to cinema. That's just the way it is at the minute. Mm. And so our last question of the week is from Mason Underwood at Mason Underwood 1. Hi Mason. Hello Mason. Mason sends, what film that may have gone under the radar this year would you recommend watching most and why? Hashtag Film 7 Podcast, hashtag cinema. Andy, I'm going to let you start this one off. What would you recommend to our friend Mason, a film that has come out this year that's gone under the radar? Hi, Mason. I think, for me, I would say it's Brightburn. You know, I watched it last week and we reviewed it last week, but... Not many people are talking about that film. And I think it's such a disservice to the film. It's such a good film. It's it's horror. It's a horror film with a superhero twist, but it's really good. I think that, to me, is the most underrated film of the year. It's There, there is not one thing I found wrong with that film. And that's a very hard thing to do. So, um, Mason, I think that's the one to watch. What about you? I still haven't seen Brightburn yet, but I'm definitely going to be on that. For me, I, th I thought about this for a while, and it came to it, and even though this movie has been talked about, it still it hasn't earned a lot of money, which means a lot, a lot of people have gone to see it. That's just the facts. Is Booksmart. Okay. Booksmart, uh, directed by Olivia uh, Wilde, her first directorial debut. Now, this movie is is arguably in my top three, maybe top five films of the year. Uh, it's just so heartwarming. The comedy in it is so funny as well. It's primarily a female story. And obviously, as a male, I'm not going to connect with a female story as much as a female would. 
but you know you've made a really good film when me, a male audience, can watch this film and laugh, enjoy, and also feel for the characters and understand. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's very mm. difficult to do that, mm. I find. Uh, and vice versa as well. You know, a, a lady wouldn't be able to connect with a man as much as a, a, a female. But this movie did that for me. And again, it just it's just a, such a good movie. Go check this out. It's a movie for pretty much, uh, well, I wouldn't say all ages. It is rated R. There's some vulgar humor in there. So maybe don't take kids. But for everyone else, this is a really, really good story and highly recommend it. Nice. Book smart. I think it still may be in cinemas. So go check it out before because it must be ending its run very yeah. soon. I saw the trailer, but I haven't seen the film. So from what you said, check it, I check will it out. check it out. Be- before it leaves, ND, check mm. it out, honestly. Yeah, you won't regret it. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the show. So we've had a quite a packed show, and I've really enjoyed these Twitter questions, ND. I'm sure we're going to be doing this for yeah. future. Since we don't have the reviews anymore on the, on the main show, we might as well take questions. We'll take questions from our audience. Fantastic. Yeah. So next week, what we got? Well, as always, we've got plenty of news, plenty of trailers, and there's a lot of stuff actually coming out this week. And the big one is Spider-Man Far From Home, the next installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe post-Avengers Endgame. So we'll see what that turns out to be. Midsummer, the new Ari Aster horror movie from A24, set in the Hereditary Universe. And Stranger Things 3, coming out on Netflix July 4th. So, ND, quite a bunch of big, big week. Yeah, very big big week. week. Big week. But we are set, we have to see we're seeing Far From Home because yes. that w- Far From Home is the movie review of the week and it will have its own episode. Yes, it will. And if we actually get the chance as well, I'm definitely going to try and see Midsummer. If you can do that as well, mm-hmm. if, we, if we can arrange that, we're also going to do a review of that because I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home as well. And Stranger Things 3. Um, yep. If we actually as well manage to binge all those episodes, we'll do a Stranger Things 3, 3 review because it's one of those most popular franchises out there, so I think it has to be addressed. I agree with you, bro. I do. Cool. So big week coming for you guys. Thank you very much for listening. And you can find us uh, on iTunes. No, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all that great stuff, as well as SoundCloud and Twitter. So please tweet us out your questions for next week's episode if you want them to be answered on the show. Uh, before we head off, ND, where can the lovely people out there find you? At Film Seven Podcasts. <laughs> okay, to be serious, I'm on Twitter as Nduaj, N-D-U-A-J. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sweaty Jake. And like ND said, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Film7Podcast. But until next week, guys, see you later.